Welcome to the Bob Harden Show, bringing you news and commentary to keep you informed and enjoying life on the Paradise Coast. And now, here's your host, Bob Harden. Good morning. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the good folks at Johnson's Air Conditioning. Johnson's Air Conditioning is Naples' longest established air conditioning company. They do a great job. You can visit the website johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date. By reading Life in Naples, the website is lifeinnaples.net. We have terrific guests for today's show, including Kathleen Pasadomo, our state senator. Boo Mortensen will be joining us from uh, Madison, Wisconsin. Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. And my wife, Linda, who writes greetings from Paradise, will be with us as well. It is June the 8th, and on this day in 1949, George Orwell's novel of a dystopian future, 1984, was published on June the 8th, 1949. The novel's all-seeing leader, known as Big Brother, became a universal symbol for intrusive government and oppressive bureaucracy. Now, the story of George Orwell is so interesting, probably nothing like, well, I believed, and maybe not you either, but he was born, uh, his nom de plume of Eric Blair, who was born in India, the son of a British civil servant. Orwell attended school in London and won a scholarship to the elite prep school Eton, where most students came from wealthy upper-class backgrounds, unlike Orwell. Rather than going to college like most of his classmates, he joined the Indian Imperial Police and went to work in Burma in 1922. During his five years there, he developed a severe sense of class guilt. Finally, in 1927, he chose not to return to Burma while on holiday in England. Choosing to immerse himself in the experiences of the urban poor, he went to Paris where he worked menial jobs and later spent time in England as a tramp. He wrote Down and Out in Paris and London in 1933 based on his observation of the poor's classes. In 1937, The Road to Wigan Pier, which documented the life of an unemployed in northern England. Meanwhile, he had published his first novel, Burmese Days, in 1934. He became increasingly left-wing in his views, although he never committed himself to any specific political party. He went to Spain during the Spanish Civil War to fight with the Republicans, but later fled as communism gained an upper hand in the struggle uh, on the left. His barnyard fable, Animal Farm, shows how the noble ideals of egalitarian economies can easily be distorted. The book brought him his first taste of critical and financial success. Orwell's last novel, 1984, brought him his lasting fame with its grim vision of a future where all the citizens are watched and constantly and language is twisted to aid in oppression. Oh, that could never happen, could it? <laughs> it's happening right now in, in the United States of America, so sadly. Hopefully we'll be able to redeem and bring it back from the precipice. <clears throat> Well, as events slowly make the return, many are eager to get back to pre-pandemic activities. More than 20,000 folks did just that uh, this past weekend in the 2021 Pepsi Gulf Coast Jam in Panama City Beach. The three-day country music festival featured headliners Leonard Skinner, Luke Bryan, and Brad Paisley. It was originally scheduled for last Labor Day weekend, but was postponed due to the pandemic. The event reportedly marks the largest concert in the country since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. 
after this weekend, it's a house of cards and they'll just fall everywhere, said one spokesperson. In other words, this will be just the first of many. There'll be thousands of them across the country. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis even made a special appearance. A picture posted in his Twitter shows that the governor on stage surrounded by a seemingly endless sea of music fans. He later touted the event in another tweet saying the event was made possible because Florida chose freedom over fauchism. That's beautiful, Governor DeSantis. Freedom over fauchism. Well, on Monday morning, reported, uh, reporter Christina Bob told One American News uh, that a handful of states are becoming out to as Arizona for a tour of the first full forensic audit in history. Last week, a Pennsylvania delegation of State Senator Doug Maestriano, State Senator Doug, uh, Chris Dush, and State Representative Rob Coffin went to Veterans Memorial Coliseum for an on-the-scene tour. Well, apparently, the news is not being reported this, but apparently there's many of these tours going on. wouldn't surprise me to see the swing states, of course, like uh, Wisconsin, Michigan, Georgia, uh, and of course, Arizona, and uh, Pennsylvania. wouldn't surprise me to see just not only these states, but many other states as well. Of course, New Hampshire's already running its own audit as well. Vice President Kamala Harris flew into Guatemala on Monday to meet with the government and was met by protesters carrying large signs visible to her. She went to meet with Guatemalan President Alejandro uh, Gamati. Uh, the signs were in English and are clearly visible from the, uh, far away. The signs said things like, Kamala, Trump won. Kamala, mind your own business, and Kamala, go home. Other signs appeared <clears throat> outside the frame of the video saying, Kamala, stop funding criminals. <clears throat> Another one featured a photoshopped image of a pregnant Kamala saying Kamala is pro-life, uh, according to the New York Post. President uh, Gamati, I'm not sure I'm pronouncing that properly, but uh, himself had openly criticized the Biden administration during an English-language interview on Sunday, saying that they are principally to blame for the current crisis at their own border. His comments were, We asked the United States government to send more of a clear message to prevent more people from leaving. The message changed to, We're going to reunite families. We're going to reunite children. The very next day, the Coyotes were here organizing groups of children to take them to the United States. A Harris speech from later on Monday, after the meeting with him, uh, were uploaded on YouTube. Harris offered a, a lot of platitudes during the almost five minutes of videos run and didn't address either the protesters or the issues brought up by Guamati or in his interview. Vice President Kamala Harris told the president of Guatemala on Monday that tackling migration is a top priority for both countries and she made her first visit to the region and Guatemala's president blamed the U.S. for the migrant surge at the border. And she said, and so I am here in Guatemala today to discuss and advance our shared priorities, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Harris told uh, Guatemala after arriving in Guatemala, foremost among those, as you've mentioned, is addressing migration from this region in particular. Harris was appointed 75 days ago by President Biden to lead the U.S. diplomatic talks to solve the migration surge at the border with a focus on what the administration sees as the root causes well, we have the best life in the world here in the United States, and people want to come here. Uh, you, don't, you don't need to be a rocket scientist to figure that out. But anyway, on the crisis that's seen hundreds of thousands of migrants flooding to the border since President Biden took office. 
By the way, more than 178,000 migrants were encountered at the border in April alone, with officials estimating that thousands more have slipped by agents. The Biden administration has also been scrambling to open facilities uh, to house migrants, including the tens of thousands of unaccompanied children that have reached the border. This is just such a sad scenario. So she's down there on a fact-finding mission trying to figure out what are the root causes. And the president of Guatemala says, well, the root cause is is the new president of the United States, Joe Biden, his uh, policies. And uh, she says, no, I don't think it is. I think it's climate change, stuff like that. Unbelievable. I don't know if she expects people to really believe this nonsense or not, but nevertheless, that's her position on this. We're going to, uh, the message changed too. We're going to reunite families. We're going to reunite children, he told CBS News. The very next day, the coyotes were here organizing groups of children to take them to the United States. We asked the United States government to send more of a clear message to prevent people from leaving, he said. His apparent criticism of the administration has been echoed by Republicans of the U.S. who have emphasized the role in the administration's policies, such as ending border wall construction, narrowing interior enforcement, and releasing families into the interior at the crisis on the border. That's just such a shame. In any event, uh, the Supreme Court ruled that people who entered the United States illegally can't seek permanent residency just because they are now covered by a program that gives them temporary legal status. The justices on Monday unanimously ruled against Jose Sanchez and Sonia Gonzalez, a married Salvadoran couple who received temporary protected status after El Salvador suffered a series of earthquakes in 2001. The ruling could affect thousands of people covered by the uh, TPS program, which uh, protects migrants or immigrants whose home countries are in crisis. Writing for the court, Justice Elena Kagan said federal law allows green card applications by temporary residents only if they were admitted into the country legally. Sanchez was not lawfully admitted, and his TPS does not alter that fact, Keegan wrote. He therefore cannot come into a permanent residence, uh, resident of this country. That from Elena Kagan. She was the spokesperson for the nine justices, all of who voted against uh, lawfully allowing these people to get green cards. Well, Dr. Fauci used bogus studies to disqualify HCQ, that's hydroxychloroquine, in treating coronavirus. Now there's proof that Dr. Fauci and his top U.S. medical experts all conspired using obviously false information to disqualify hydroxychloroquine and millions died as a result of their action. Actually, it's just such a shame. There is no therapeutic right now approved for the treatment of uh, this fact of the virus. Only the vaccine. And uh, so why do you think that is? Well, hydroxychloroquine is definitely a therapeutic, but it hasn't been allowed by the FDA yet. And those who use it, apparently in some hospitals, are even uh, punished for it. Unbelievable. This segment of the show brought to you by the good folks in Johnson's Air Conditioning, Naples' longest established air conditioning company. Visit johnsonsairconditioning.com. Also brought to you by Life in Naples magazine. Be in the know and stay up to date by reading Life in Naples. The website is lifeinnaples.net. Coming up, we're going to visit with our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob. 
Bob Harton Show, here on the Bob Harton Broadcasting Network. I'm Bob Harden, the host of the Bob Harden Show. One of my favorites for breakfast or lunch is Lulabee's Diner, providing great service, fabulous food, and a rockin' good time. Lulabee's Diner is a throwback to the 60s, complete with great music and a fabulous 60s decor. What I like best is a blend of great food, great value, and terrific service. Most of the friendly waitstaff has been part of Lulabee's for years. I enjoy the great choices for breakfast and lunch, and you'll find the menu has everything and anything to satisfy your taste. Lulabee's offers catering, party platters, lunch boxes, and more. Lulabee's Diner will quickly become one of your favorites for breakfast or lunch. No reservations are needed. Check out the website at lulabees.com and stop by Lulabee's Diner, open from 8 a.m. until 2 p.m. seven days a week. Lulabee's Diner in the Green Tree Shopping Center at the corner of Immokalee and Airport Pulling Roads. Stop by Lulabee's Diner for fabulous food and for a forever cool rockin' good time. Did you know St. Matthew's House operates the only emergency homeless shelters in Collier County? St. Matthew's House provided more than 500,000 hot meals to those in need last year, and since 2010, 527 men and women have graduated from the St. Matthew's House Justin's Place Addiction Recovery Program. For over 30 years, St. Matthew's House has provided innovative solutions to fight homelessness, hunger, substance abuse, and poverty in Southwest Florida. And you can help St. Matthew's House in this life-transforming work by patronizing the St. Matthew's House Thrift Stores, Cafe M25, Car Wash and Detailing Center, and award-winning catering operations. For more information, visit stmatthewshouse.org. That's stmatthewshouse.org. St. Matthew's House is a 501c3 not-for-profit organization and does not solicit government funding. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Gulf Shore Playhouse, bringing you professional New York-style theater at its very best. You can find out more by visiting golfshoreplayhouse.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Kathleen, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. Hey, did you hear about the a big uh, concert up in Panama City Beach? Uh, the 20- yes. <laughs> <laughs> Freedom over fauchism. I just, I think it's just our governor is just a rock star. He, he is. I mean, I, actually, I, I think it's a bit humorous, um, but there's a, an underlying message of you know, Florida's been open for business and will continue to be, and now other states are following our lead, but we're way ahead of everybody, and you know, our April uh, uh, numbers are really good for um, our financial picture. So, you know, we're moving right along, and I think uh, from at least an economic standpoint, we're well ahead of everyone else getting out of the uh, pandemic curve. Which is kind of shocking that apparently uh, people, uh, uh, personal debt is at an all-time low since 1980. Actually, people are a heck of a lot better off than... uh, than one would have presumed going into this thing. Although I, I guess now, if uh, people are behind in their rent, they, they have a day of reckoning coming pretty soon. Pretty soon. 
Well, and I think there's there are a lot of factors um, you know, during the pandemic. I mean, if, if you just use anecdotal uh, stories, most uh, people that I know didn't spend anything, right? Other than uh, you know buying some things online, but even then, that took a while to start up. So, uh, you know, people did not uh, load up their credit cards, etc. The other thing is with the federal stimulus dollars, uh, a lot of people were relying on the federal government, which. You know, some people say that was good for the economy. Others say it's just more free stuff. Um, that being said, no matter what your attitude towards it was, people had more money that they didn't have to work for. <laughs> and it came from the federal government to be able to uh, to spend. So they didn't have to dip into savings as much. Right. Um, you know, obviously there were a lot of people that had lost their jobs and, and did need the stimulus funds. So I think time will tell how uh, the pandemic uh, processes it will affect everyone's personal wealth and an ability to um, make a living or uh, you know pay for their their bills in the future. All right, absolutely. So I understand you're making a trip to Tallahassee this week. Yeah, um, but we I had received a letter last week from Senator Joe Gruters, who um, a, a letter that in the form of a complaint about the uh, financial reportings of uh, Agricultural Commissioner Nikki Freed and changing uh, several times her financial disclosures. Um, people may not realize that uh, every year uh, the elected officials and certain agency people, and or actually anybody who works for the government in certain areas, has to file a, a form with the state indicating you know, their income, uh, liabilities, etc., cetera, uh, and assets. And um, she has changed it <laughs> several times over the last couple of years. And then the latest change uh, was another sort of big change showing a couple hundred thousand dollars at least of income now that she didn't report before. And it, it, at, the, at, the very, at the very best, it's terrible, terrible record-keeping, which one would think that someone in the cabinet would not tolerate or at the at the worst, it was uh, deliberate uh, underreporting or mis misreporting. So Senator Gruder's um, requested the Senate to look into it. As the rules chair, um, that's my responsibility. So I'm going to go up meet with um, uh, general counsel for the Senate and my rules staff to and the president of the Senate to determine how we'll move forward with this um, request to investigate the. Um, the other thing that's happening at the same time is a, an actual sworn complaint was filed with the um, uh, Florida Ethics Commission, who who is the ent- which is the entity that regulates the Form Six filing, the, the financial disclosures and, mm-hmm. and, and ethical issues, and uh, so they'll open up an investigation as well. And the question is, how does the Senate investigation, if we do one? dovetail with the ethics commission and uh, you know it's it's they're pretty serious allegations uh, it's complicated so uh, it seems to me this is probably not the way she planned on kicking off her, her campaign to become governor of the state no of no and, and you know there are, the democrats are saying and she is saying that it's just uh, governor DeSantis um uh, trying to mask his own behavior, which uh, is you know typical political rhetoric. Yeah. Um, I haven't seen any anything that he's done at all that rises to the level of an investigation. Um, and as I indicated, if if there was nothing wrong, 
then it's terrible record keeping and sloppy, sloppy work. And that, and that should not be tolerated from any elected official. I understand you make a mistake and you make a change, but it's like every financial report has been changed mm-hmm. um, over time. And then, of course, um, underreporting income as you know, before she was elected agricultural commissioner, she was a lobbyist for the marijuana industry, um, and there that has been woven throughout her um, tenure in the uh, uh, as commissioner of agriculture. And so there's some some issue that that Senator Gruters wants. The Senate to look into. Well, in, in addition to that, I mean, you expect your governor to be fiscally responsible and uh, should be able right. to <laughs> do reasonable accounting with their own personal records. Never mind what's happening, like with a hundred and one billion dollar budget <laughs> in the state of Florida. So uh, that's there is that. <laughs> there, it is very concerning, Kathleen. So uh, right now we have two declared, I think, Democrat candidates to run against uh, Governor DeSantis. Uh, I think Charlie Crist being one, Chain Gang Charlie. And uh, right. Nikki Freed, uh, what's the lay of the land? What are your thoughts? There are uh, at least uh, at least one senator I know, a uh, Democratic senator, is considering running. And then there are some outlier um, Democrats around the state who uh, uh, are thinking about it. Some may be more progressive than either Freed or Chris. Um so that'll be an interesting primary, very interesting. Uh, it'll run the gamut of moderate Democrat to very progressive. Yeah. Um, and, of course, Governor DeSantis is obviously the odds-on favorite. Um, his, uh, his approval ratings are, are, are very high right now. Mm. <laughs> Our state's doing very well. You know, his response to the pandemic might have been questioned early on, but those people are real quiet right now because look where we are and where other states are. So I, I feel confident that Governor Santos is going to get reelected. And then, uh, you know, my job is going to be to make sure that not just that occurs, but that all of our Republican senators are reelected and maybe pick up a seat or two. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, a, it's pretty exciting times right now. But uh, do yes. you think do you think Charlie Crist is running towards becoming governor or running away from having to uh, get defeated as a congressman? Probably both. <laughs> Probably both. <laughs> I think he liked being governor, um, and then he set his sights too high for um, U.S. Senate. I mean, you know, he seems to run. For, uh, He's a career. He is the epitome of a career politician. Yeah, I mean, he's very good at it, uh, no doubt about it. But um, not very effective as an elected official. He's much better at running for office than he is at holding the office. Well, and what does he stand for? I mean, he's somewhat of a chameleon. He's changed his stripes so many different times. Not to mix mix metaphors, but Kathleen, you know, I always appreciate your very well informed commentary, interesting commentary here on the show. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, and have a great day. My pleasure, indeed. Again, our state senator, Kathleen Pasadomo. Coming up, we're going to visit with Boo Mortensen. We'll find out what's new with Boo, that and more, right here on the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
Blue Provence Restaurant is a favorite dining destination for many Neapolitans, including Lyndon and myself. Blue Provence, located in a historic building in the heart of Old Naples at Creighton Cove, offers a mix of French bistro cooking with bold, fresh Floridian flavors. Experience award-winning cuisine at Blue Provence and enjoy one of Florida's most extensive, eclectic, and fun wine cellars. Dining your choice of the popular Eden Bar, the intimate courtyard garden, or the beautiful Provencal Caribbean dining room. Enjoy a wonderful and memorable evening in a casual and relaxed atmosphere that includes a taste of Provencal hospitality. Blue Provence is open seven days a week, all year round. Visit BlueProvenceNaples.com for reservations, everyday specials, and coming events. That's BlueProvenceNaples.com or call 261-8239. That's 261-8239. Blue Provence French Restaurant in the heart of Old Naples. Golfshore Playhouse is passionately committed to enriching our cultural landscape by producing professional theater to the highest artistic standards and providing unique educational opportunities to folks in a spirit of service, adventure, and excitement. Over the past 15 years, the Playhouse has expanded immensely, outgrowing its current facilities. With dreams of expanding even further in order to better serve the community, broaden the economic impact, and strengthen the cultural fabric of our region, it's time to build and move into a new home. A 44,000 square foot state-of-the-art theater and education center will be built on three acres at the corner of First Avenue South and Goodlett Frank Road, allowing Gulf Shore Playhouse to achieve those dreams. To find out more about Gulf Shore Playhouse, this state-of-the-art performing arts center, and about the season's exciting productions, visit gulfshoreplayhouse.org. That's gulfshoreplayhouse.org. We'll see you at the show. Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by the Foundation for Government Accountability, creating policies and programs to get able-bodied folks off of welfare and back to work. You can find out more by visiting thefga.org. Coming up, we're going to visit with Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. Right now we have with us Boo Mortensen. It's time to find out what's new with Boo up in Madison, Wisconsin. Boo, thank you so much for joining us. Well, it's my pleasure, <clears throat> and I'd like to talk about one of my favorite subjects, UFOs. UFOs. Do you believe they ex- Yeah, unidentified flying objects. Do you think they, be- do you, do you believe that they exist? I certainly do. I mean, there's certainly been evidence of it, and uh, uh, a lot of sightings. It was so interesting to, you know, there's, there's this, I've forgotten his name now. Uh, Lohmeyer, is that his name? Anyway, he's the uh, guy who uh, was uh, the commander in the Space Force that got relieved of his responsibilities uh, because of some of the comments he made on uh, critical race theory, you may recall. But in any event, he made, he, he made a comment that he said, you know, I can't speak officially to UFOs, but my girlfriend and I were sitting on top of a hill back uh, before I got married, so this is another person, and he said that uh, they they saw a UFO. They <laughs> actually came down, and they saw it. And he said, I think there was recognition of them for us and us for them, wherever they are. So my, my answer is, uh, to make a, a long story short, yes, I do believe. Well, how about you? Yes, I do. I mean, it seems so far-fetched, but there <clears throat> have been some really significant, unexplained, 
sightings by Air Force pilots yeah. that took the actual photos, and they're called now they're called unidentified aerial phenomenon. Right. The pilots observed them, and they said that they were moving at supersonic speed and conducting maneuvers that would be impossible using known technology. In fact, this report is now going to Congress. Yeah. Apparently, one of these unidentified UFOs actually went from the air down into the ocean and back up again. In other words, it apparently could not only fly through the air, but through the water as well. Isn't that awesome? It, that is so awesome. And just think about the intelligence of uh, here. How do you overcome gravity? How do you overcome these rules of aerodynamics? You know, whatever or whoever uh, created uh, these phenomenon have to be just absolutely brilliant. Well, the New York Times even started investigating a lot of this, and they said, you know, there's there's no real known answer. That's not, yes, they definitely are, but there's not the answer, no, they definitely aren't UFOs. And the kind of the explanation that the New York Times came up with <clears throat> that they, this aircraft may be a result of secret research programs developed either by China or Russia, huh. that uh, they're experimental aircraft that can travel more than five times the speed of sound. Amazing. Well, then, of course, the other thing, too, is they're occupying uh, restricted airspace many times. Uh, so and there's not a heck of a lot we can do about it. No. No. Yeah. I mean, I just, I think it's fanciful. I I think it's intriguing. I would love for it to be true just because I think, oh my gosh, there are some sort of a being living on another planet. Yeah. How cool is that? And just the technology to get from one planet to another. Think about that. Well, and then how about the whole notion about uh, life in the universe besides here on Earth? You think about, apparently there's millions and millions of planets and i don't want to exaggerate this but apparently many places that have an atmosphere or that that could accommodate uh life as we know it so around the universe that's which is just amazing i know i i just think it's i i just it's just so much fun to think about and to fantasize about it's you know sometimes aren't you there's just so much adversary in this country right now, people are so angry and fed up and right. frustrated and, oh, my heavens, you know, it's just, you just get fatigued from all of that. So sometimes it's nice to think about something that's far out that's maybe possible. Right. New frontiers. I mean, I think it's kind of exciting that we're starting to think about going to Mars and I guess... Uh, Bezos and it's going to take his brother and they're going to go to outer space. I hope they got a round trip ticket. <laughs> I know. I mean, would you do that? I mean, that takes <clears throat> that takes some backbone to get into a rocket and say, "Okay, I'm going to do." It. I mean, this guy's not an astronaut. Well, I, I, you know, I think just getting to know you a little bit over the years, uh, you're f far more adventurous than I am. Having cl climbed Mount Kilimanjaro and a number number of things like diving out of airplanes. But uh, how about you? Would you do it? I don't. I don't know. I it, maybe when it was a little bit more tried and tested. Uh -huh. It just seems right now that it's still emerging, and there's still some 
uh, quarks in it, but of course, what do I know? I, I don't. But if Bezos is willing to bet on it uh-huh. and that he's going to come back and survive, yeah, <clears throat> pretty good I don't chance. know. Maybe it opens the door for the next frontier. Yeah, well, you you certainly hope so. Kind of interesting. Great to see, I, it's great to see the space program coming back. By the way, I think it's just uh, I, it's one of the things that can really create hope and. Uh, you know, I think revive science, get it out, <clears throat> get science back on track because right now we have so much faux science going on. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I agree. Well, this weekend you're a dad. Uh, are you? Is Father's Day a big deal for you? Well, uh, my dad has passed away. Loved him dearly, and uh, so in that regard, it's. Uh, not as much as a big deal as it used to be. I certainly think about him. And now being a dad and uh, seeing my sons and, you know, growing up, you know, he, I can't believe my sons are in their 50s. <laughs> it's just unbelievable. But uh, Isn't that something? Isn't that something? Just amazing. Yeah. But I was, Well, do you know that there are 72 million fathers in the United States? No. That's a big 72 number. 72 million and 29, grand, 25 I'm sorry, 29 grandfathers, 25 million grandfathers. That's interesting. How many great-grandfathers? Well, that I don't, I don't have a statistic on that, but this fall, Lauren will become a great-grandfather. Hmm. I think that's kind of rare. Yeah, it is. He's a young guy, too. Uh well, <laughs> yes, yes, at 82, he is young. <laughs> and uh, there are 191,000 stay-at-home dads. 191,000 stay-at-home dads. That's not many. No, it's not. So interesting. I wonder how many stay-at-home moms there are. Uh, I don't know. It seems you don't know too many, do you? No, uh-uh. Such an interesting discussion, uh, but happy for those uh, that, uh, you know, have, if it's, is it Father's Day coming up this Sunday? I didn't even thought about that. You know, I just looked at my calendar while I was talking to you, and it's not this Sunday, it's next Sunday. Okay. And, you know, like Mother's Day, a lot of people say, oh, it's a Hallmark moment. Have you, what was the last time, speaking of which, what was the last time you went out and bought a card? Like a birthday card, a sympathy card, uh... A Mother's Day card? Well, I do it uh, uh, around Valentine's Day. I do it be- before Valentine's Day. I do it uh, before Linda's birthday and our anniversary. So you buy three cards a year? Well, probably a lot more than that. <laughs> because uh, I usually I well, usually get three or four cards. Do you look at the price of cards? I know. It's absurd. You get uh, four or five oh, cards and it's 54 heavens. bucks or something like that. It's, it's amazing. They're very, very expensive. They are those hallmark moments. Boo! I never well, you know. Spend what nine dollars <coughs> on a card. Come on! I know that's ridiculous. Better to just go out to dinner. Boo! I always appreciate your commentary here in the show. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right, Boo's up in the tundra. She's up in Madison, Wisconsin. We didn't even talk about that aspect of what's going on. All right, coming up, Seton Motley, the founder and president of Less Government. That and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden. Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network.
you suffer from joint pain in your shoulders, hips, or knees, I was suffering from debilitating pain in my knees. On a referral, I saw Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine. He successfully treated my symptoms and pain for several months. Finally, having exhausted all alternatives for pain management, Dr. Markovich and I agreed that surgery was my best alternative. Dr. Markovich replaced both of my knees in 2006, and I now have full range of motion in both knees, and I have no pain. I now play golf and exercise free of debilitating pain in my knees. Don't suffer needlessly with joint pain. Call orthopedic surgeon Dr. George Markovich with the Institute for Orthopedic Surgery and Sports Medicine at 482-5399. That's 482-5399. He did a great job for me, and he'll help you too. You listen to The Bob Harden Show, so why not market your company to our loyal listeners? Ads are played live on each show and then archived so listeners can hear the show and your ad at their convenience. Each advertising package includes a banner on BobHarden.com with a link to your website at no extra charge. Join Lulabee's Diner, Johnson's Air Conditioning, Blue Provence, and many others who advertise on the show. Call me at 598-3889, that's 598-3889, or send an email to bobharden at hotmail.com to design an ad program that's just right for your business and your budget. You'll be pleasantly surprised at the cost and the value. Several advertisers have been with me for years. Find out why by calling 598-3889, or send me an email to bobharden at hotmail.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's brought to you in part by Choice Social. It's a new, refreshing social networking platform. You can find out more by visiting the website, choicesocial.us. Coming up, we're going to visit with my lovely wife, Linda. She writes greetings from paradise. Right now we have with us Seton Motley. Seton is the founder and president of Less Government. Seton, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning, sir. Good morning, Seton. Tell us about Less Government. Uh, yes, I, I can't. There isn't any. <laughs> yeah, um, <it's> a... <laughs> yeah, we exist to reduce the size, scope, and sphere of influence of government, and, uh, you know, we're, we're outnumbered and outgunned. Uh, Go ahead. Exactly. So, Seton, I really found this column so interesting. You wrote it in Red State. The federal government is still trying to get into the 5G wireless business. I learned so much. Maybe you can tell us about it. Yeah, we first alerted everybody, you know, this first came out in October. Um, the uh, Defense Department, you know, I wrote about the military. Remember we talked about Eisenhower's speech? Right. I, I referenced the military-industrial complex expanding when it decided unilaterally, I don't, there was no congressional legislation that precurses this, hey, we're going to build a national 5G network. <laughs> and people like me were like, wait a minute, what? You're doing what? Yeah. And, you know, because first of all, I mean, there's nine million things wrong with it. Uh, let's begin with the fact that spectrum is a finite resource. That's the, that's the wireless airwaves we use for everything wireless, from cell phones all the way down to your key fob on your car, right? Right. When you push the button on your key, or your TV, when you push the button and it travels through the airwaves and turns the TV on or unlocks the car... That's spectrum. It's using spectrum. Mm -hmm. Spectrum's a finite resource. It's not all equally good. Right. It's kind of like a monopoly board. 
Some of it's Boardwalk and Park Place. Some of it's Atlantic Avenue. Some of it's Baltic and Mediterranean Avenue. It's crap spectrum. She can't really use for very much. And most, a lot of the really good spectrum, I'd say 60% of the spectrum, is, is still held by the federal government. 60%, wow. So we've been, you know, people like us who want a private sector uh, wireless network, 5G wireless network, have been pressuring the government to get rid of the spectrum, you know, mm -hmm. clear it off. You know, the, the private sector has been volunteering, waving their hands, volunteering. We'll help you, you know, maximize your use of your spectrum, consolidate, clear the rest, and auction it off. The government gets money, and then the, the wireless companies buy the spectrum and then build the networks on them. Well, so it came as a surprise to us, an unpleasant surprise, when instead of clearing, because, of course, the national security apparatus, the Defense Department, NSA and stuff, have a bunch of the spectrum, and every time you try to get them to move off it, they screech national security, never explain why mm -hmm. it's national security, but they just want to hold on to the spectrum. Well, so it came as a surprise as, it, as we're, we're asking them to clear it off and make it available. They're instead going to build their own national wireless network on it. That was a bit of a disappointment and a bit of a surprise. Well, they're still going. Um, they just moved forward uh, in the next stage. And because they just moved forward on the next stage, I took it as another opportunity to say, we have a 5G wireless network. Um, and that, that was part of the thing is the Defense Department is lying to, to justify it doing this. Hmm. It's saying we're doing this, in, in, again, in the interest of national security. China's beating us to 5G. Well, that's just blatantly untrue. I mean, they're mm -hmm. close, don't get me wrong. Mm -hmm. And if we don't get the if we don't do things like have the government clear spectrum and make it available to the, you know, private sector, they can catch us, no question. But that's just a blatant lie. I found an article in the China Daily, which is a Chinese communist government mouthpiece news agency. Mm -hmm. And they said, here's the plan for China to catch the U.S. in 5G by 2025. Now, if the Chinese propaganda arm is admitting they're behind the U.S. and 5G, why is our Defense Department saying we're behind? Right, that's... In, in, in 5G, I mean, the, the Chinese communists found that lie too unpalatable to tell. So but see, not our Defense Department. See, see, so, um, so it's just, we, we've got 5G <clears throat> rolling out. Um, the, the, the best thing the government can do is clear spectrum, make it available, because that's what's... The chief impediment right now, there's two chief impediments, one of which was addressed by the Trump administration and thankfully just upheld in a court. Local governments were engaging in shakedowns of, of Internet providers, of wireless companies, wired companies too. Yeah. You know, they, they view them as ATM machines, and every time they show up in, the, in, in your county, the county government says, oh, well, we have poll attachment fees and right-of-way fees and taxing this and build us a park and give all the government buildings, free internet, you know, they kept jacking up the cost of doing business and building out the networks in these localities. The federal government put a cap on that yeah. under Trump, and the courts just held, upheld the, uh, that, those caps, um, which makes sense because it is a world wide web, so we need a national policy. It's not a matter of federalism and localism. Right. So we've got to get the local, keep the global governments out of the way, one. And two, make more spectrum available. Well, the government's got most of the spectrum. They got most of the good spectrum. Mm -hmm. Their job should be to clear it off, clear it out, and sell it to the private companies that are building the 5G wireless network. Their job should not be building an entirely 
take taxing taxing wireless companies and using their tax money to create a government competitor to their businesses. So that's what the question I had is it sounds like the government is simply getting in, in competition with wireless. That's right. That's exactly what they're doing. Oh that's my exactly gosh. right. And, that is and this happens all the time. You know, Biden with his hundred billion slash sixty five billion in, in, in government broad, in, in broadband infrastructure and in that lame, allegedly infrastructure bill, the, the Republicans are like, okay, if you want to spend that money, give it to the private providers who are in the areas that are un, you know, unconnected and let them connect them. And, and Biden wants to use it all to have government build competitors to those companies. Hmm. You know what? You can't make this stuff up, Seton. It's unbelievable. The dumbness continues, as I say in the first line of the piece. <laughs> It absolutely does. Seat Motley, again, the founder and president of Less Government. Again, I encourage you to visit lessgovernment.org. Uh, you can also find Less Government on Facebook. And uh, this this column uh, was in Red State, so just uh, do a search on Seat Motley. You'll find the federal government is still trying to get into the 5G wireless business. Such an interesting column. Seaton, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Bob. My pleasure indeed. All right, coming up, we're going to be visiting with my lovely wife, Linda. She writes, greetings from paradise. We'll also be talking about other things that are going on as well. We're going to do that and more right here in the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. Stay tuned for more of the Bob Harden Show here on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. The dining scene in Naples is among the nation's finest. Get a first-hand experience with Naples Culinary Walks. Join a guided food walk with a terrific guide in a small group through elegant Naples neighborhoods known for destination restaurants. In three hours, you'll stop for small plates on your chosen tour. Dining walk choices include morning, afternoon, and evening offerings on 5th Avenue South, Downtown 3rd Street, Waterside, Galleria Shops at Vanderbilt, and more. Prices begin at only $46 a person, depending on the tour you select. To find out more and to make a reservation, visit NaplesCulinaryWalks.com. That's NaplesCulinaryWalks.com for a great value and a terrific dining experience. you have an extra auto you'd like to donate to charity, maximize your tax deduction, support your favorite charity, and help a local child in need by calling Naples Auto Donation Center. Naples Auto Donation Center is a not-for-profit licensed car dealer. Just call NADC at 692-9840 and they'll take it from there. You get a properly documented tax deduction for whatever the vehicle actually sells for. Your designated beneficiary charity gets half the profit after fix-up costs and the net revenue generated by NADC goes to Friends of Foster Children to provide tutoring and other enrichment activities for foster children the government doesn't provide. And NADC is also one of the few places in Collier County that sells inexpensive cars that actually run to folks who would otherwise not be able to afford one. It's a real win-win. Call Naples Auto Donation Center at 692-9840 or visit the website nadckids.com. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back to the Bob Harton Show. And now here's your host, Bob Harton. Thanks so much for joining us here on the show. It's providing you news and commentary rooted in a commitment to individual liberty, personal responsibility, 
limited government, and the rule of law. We have with us my lovely wife, Linda. She writes, Greetings from Paradise. It's uh, If you're not familiar with it, many people are. It's uh, kind of a upbeat newsletter about what's happening on the Paradise Coast. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. Good morning. Good morning. So um, you wrote a Greetings from Paradise. What was the response like? Overwhelmingly positive. Oh, that's great. That's fabulous. And I have already... Um, Many people who weren't on the list before it was sent. That's what usually uh, spurs my my email list is because people who have greetings from paradise have been sent to them by friends, yeah. and so they don't want it just to be forwarded. They want it to get it first. So if uh, you are uh, interested in greetings from paradise, you can find out more by going to my website bobharden.com, and you'll find greetings from paradise. It's a pull down tab, and you'll find all of Linda's uh, previous columns. So, so much to talk about. Uh, and so little time. And so little. Let's, t- let's start off with uh, Kamala going down to Guatemala. What were your thoughts? I just thought it was hysterical. And certainly wasn't, she wasn't expecting the reception that she received. No. What a hoot. Yeah, I know. Uh, I thought I'd share this with you. <laughs> what? I, you couldn't hear it because you don't have earphones on. That was Kamala giggling, cackling. Oh, <laughs> I thought I was supposed to do something. Um, well, she wasn't doing much cackling yesterday. No, she was not a happy camper. Are those signs out saying, you know, go home, we don't like you, Trump won? Wait, one of them said, Kamala, none of your business. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that. It was just so great. And she and And then she's telling the people in Guatemala... Don't come because you'll be turned away. Meanwhile, all these people, Biden is saying the opposite. This this administration or yeah. fake administration is in full meltdown. That's kind of interesting. Uh, the president of Guatemala said, you know why that we, we have this problem, don't you? It's because of you, the change in administration. You changed the message and now everybody wants to go up to the United States. Uh, it's your fault. <laughs> he said, the other thing, apparently during this press conference that he held, he told, he said to Kamala after they finished, he says, put on your mask. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and she did. <laughs> I bet she was happy to get back into the, into her little cubicle. Yeah, absolutely. Back in Washington. And by the way, uh, during her visit, you know, she was supposed to go to the, Usually, when when heads of state go to these um, places overseas or out of, outside of the United States, they visit the embassies. They go and you know make the little tour and whatever. Yeah. She was in and out. She was in and out, and she went to um, Guatemala and did her little stupid speech, and then she went to Mexico, and that wasn't even covered. What it's just so stupid. She, I'm sure, um, she was horrified. I'm sure on Air Force Two, it was not exactly. Well, you heard she she uh, gave out cookies on oh, the likeness of herself. <laughs> except the face was missing. Yeah, that's true. Um, so speaking of the signs welcoming Kamala Harris to Guatemala, one of which was Trump won. Yeah. Um, I just saw on social media an, another. We were we watched the Red Sox game last night, did we not? Yes, we did. And and they won, yay. Yeah. And so, uh, so these. Trump won signs are mysteriously appearing at these sporting events, which I love. And I don't know if you saw it, but when the Trump sign was unfueled out by the uh, out in the outfield, people in the stands at Red Sox at Fenway Park got up and cheered. It yeah. was awesome to watch. It yeah, was really awesome. You know, it's kind of interesting as the uh, these audits are going on, and it's not getting covered by the mainstream media. 
But apparently uh, there's a, a lot of trips to uh, Maricopa County to take a look at what's going on. Oh, wait, that's not true. Um, mainstream media is covering it. I mean, they're in total meltdown because they're saying, oh, this is this is uh, 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 not a crime against democracy, but this is uh, this is throwing out our democracy by by questioning the election. They are just Rachel Maddow on um, MSNBC, CNN's. Um, uh, I can't remember the the you know like Anderson Cooper on in the evening. They are freaking out because of these audits, audits, and they're just saying, "Oh, they're going to head all across the country. They're making sure this this happens all the country." You know the network who won't cover it? Fox. Fox will not mention the really? audits, so, except for Maria Bartiromo. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. I, you wouldn't surprise me. You know what the, I think would be a good thing if the entire country. Uh, the entire election was audited. In other words, California, uh, Rhode Island, every state in the nation just could have a complete audit. Let's just find out how screwed up things really were. Well, that John Fredericks that we watch on, on Bannon frequently, um, he and somebody else uh, that we're watching said that Georgia is just a cesspool of, yeah. of voting fraud. And a bunch of these people uh, from Georgia are going to be making their way to to Arizona to yeah. watch how this audit audit is is being run, and oh by the way, these some of these election officials in Georgia uh, have have hired criminal attorneys. attorneys. Yeah, yeah. Let's see if I did some if I didn't do anything wrong and everything was the most honest election. Why are we hiring criminal, criminal attorneys? attorneys? It's, it's a great point. I mean, Raffensberger is that his name? Raffensberger. Anyhow, he's a uh, he's a uh, been censored by the party, uh, the governor of the state went up uh, to at the uh, GOP convention that they held there in Georgia, and he was booed off the stage, as was his wife. It's kind of interesting that uh, people don't have a sense of humor about what's going on there. Well, you know, it was it was interesting when I was out in my walk and I was listening to Steve Bannon, um, and I I strongly encourage anybody who has an interest to go on uh, Real America's Voice or or to get Steve Bannon pot, the War Room podcast because I'm telling you that is the best news on anywhere. Yeah. But they were saying, you know, that that Steve Bannon and and uh, Raheem Kassam and John Fredericks, they're all interchangeable because the people of this country are taking their country back. Yeah. They're the ones in that are going up against the school boards. Look at Alfie Oaks yesterday that we watched. Yeah. He was just he got thrown out of the <laughs> <laughs> and for, for years that I haven't heard about this, Alfie Oaks, uh, outspoken to say the least, but, uh, and very successful businessman here in the community. He didn't use any bad words. Either. No, didn't use any bad words, but uh, uh, he stood up at the school board meeting, right? Yep. Wasn't it the school board meeting? And basically said this uh, uh, critical race theory and all this nonsense, he just was really attacking the whole idea. He did say that he was going to play whack-a-mole with, with something. <laughs> With some of the board members, but you know, isn't that great that these people have just had enough of yeah. government overreach and 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 forcing our kids to to learn stuff that they shouldn't even be learning? Yeah. Hey, I'm changing the topic just slightly, but uh, I've got some energy around this uh, hydroxychloroquine uh, scandal. I'm going to call it because right now we have these vaccines and no therapeutics, no approved therapeutics by the FDA for the treatment of uh, the uh, coronavirus. Well, and, and oh, by the way, just to talk about that, uh, I told you about this surgeon in, uh, in England who just quit being a doctor. He says, I'm, I'm done because he was not best served to 
serve his patients because he was not allowed to use hydroxychloroquine or vermectin. Um, and he knows that they work. Yeah. And, he, and meanwhile, people like Dr. Flip-Flop Fauci is saying that, that it's, oh, it's, it doesn't work and whatever. And I think you just read something about, about he used bogus stuff to, bogus information to say that hydroxychloroquine didn't work, right? Yeah, this uh, Peter, Dr. Peter McCullough is a rock star, quite frankly. We watched him on, on Tucker Carlson. So uh, a one-hour interview with uh, Dr. Peter McCullough, and so interesting. Now, he's a practicing physician. And he's come up with uh, concoctions, I'm going to call it, or uh, it includes uh, hydroxychloroquine as well as intervectin or whatever. The- Vermectin and, and remdesivir. Yeah. And, uh, Who would ever know that I would know how to pronounce those? So, words? but the point being, yeah, congratulations. Thank but you. the point being is that uh, there are cures, not cures, but uh, therapeutics. Therapeutics. But they're just not approved because they're pushing the vaccine. Well, guess what else isn't approved? The vaccine. It's yeah. an experimental drug yeah. that, that has never been approved by the FDA, ever. Yeah. These people are getting <laughs> vaccinated with stuff that hasn't been approved. Yeah. What, what's, what's wrong with this picture? And uh, if people end up getting, and apparently they do get uh, the vi- uh, virus after they get inoculated, they've changed the measurement tools so that if, in fact, you actually have coronavirus after you get the vaccine, it doesn't show up as such. So, in other words, they're cooking the books. Well, let's bring up Alameda County in California, oh, by the way, who had to reduce the amount of people that were, quote-unquote, diagnosed with coronavirus, because guess what? They had something else, and they were there, an error was made in 25%. Yeah. Over 25% of those that were originally diagnosed with the coronavirus. Yeah. Let's see, how much of that do you think is going on around the country? Well, it, what's really a shame here is that you have flip-flop Fauci, and he's changed his tune so many times that he has no credibility whatsoever with me, and, and I would imagine with most Americans. Or with Rand Paul, for sure. <laughs> yeah, but the point is this, that if you can't trust information, if you're suspicious about it, I mean, uh, they talk about vaccine hesitancy. Well, I'm not hesitant. I'm just, I just have trouble f- trusting anything that uh, that's being said about it. Well, you and I don't take don't take vaccines. We don't take flu shot or anything like that. But but it's it's so amazing that they're pushing this vaccine in Washington State. I don't know if you heard this. They're offering people marijuana if they get the shot. It's like really. <laughs> Well, it might work well in Washington. We'll find out. Linda, I always appreciate this very animated conversation. We didn't didn't even touch on Joe Manchin. Yeah. Which is a huge deal. Yeah. Chuck Schumer must be just apoplectic about this. And we didn't talk about uh, the golf tournament last weekend where poor John Rahm gave up what would have been a $1.7 million purse because he supposedly tested positive. Yeah, this whole, and uh, he, uh, he doesn't see himself as a victim, but I see him as a victim of Big bad time. bad science, quite Big frankly. time. I think this is not, we haven't heard the end of this. We'll see. Linda, thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure. All right, well, that's a wrap here at today's show. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, tomorrow, we'll visit with Bob Levy, the chairman of the Cato Institute, Andrew Joppa, professor and author of Josephus of Oz, and Larry Bell, endowed professor at the University of Houston and author of several books. His latest is What Makes Humans Truly Exceptional. Larry will be with us as well. I hope you make it a great day and week, or a great day on the Paradise Coast or wherever you are. Namaste.
much for listening to the Bob Harden Show on the Bob Harden Broadcasting Network. For more information and audio files of previous shows, visit www.bobharden.com. <laughs>